You're listening to Trek FM. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of Commentary. Trek Star is a show which deals with the work of Star Trek creators outside of Star Trek. I'm Mike. I'm Max. And today is Part 2 in our series on Richard Matheson as a novelist who had movies turned into stuff from books and something. Concise titles. And uh, we are going to be looking at his first book, which was turned into a movie, and that is Someone is Bleeding, which was turned into the movie I See Breasts. Um, or Les Sand de Glass. Since you weren't here last week, <clears throat> yeah. what are your thoughts on Richard Matheson in general? Well, when we were when we started talking about this, we we this this show we talked about people we could you know cover, and I was looking forward to Richard Matheson and Harlan Ellison. Those were the the, the two names that were the, of the most interest to me, and um, both of those guys only had one episode of Star Trek, but they have uh, amazingly huge, long-reached careers that connect to a lot of other things. And while Harlan Ellison has a humongous body of work, Matheson has like a humongous body of work that seems to stretch into every aspect of like genre entertainment for the past sixty years or so, which is pretty cool. Uh, I've described him as the Rosetta Stone of of fiction writers. He he he's sort of the the key to understanding every possible angle and weird subculture. So uh, I, I'm I'm a ridiculously huge fan of Richard Matheson, and I don't know if anyone will ever write a post-apocalyptic novel better than I Am Legend. Okay. But we'll get to I Am Legend. Next week. So um, what about uh, Enemy Within, his episode of Star Trek? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, it's it's one of those episodes of Star Trek that, like, you have to agree it works. It's It's good. It doesn't blow the doors off of anything, which um, I suppose you know is disappointing in this context. Because uh, I mean, we're, we're, it can be—it's incredibly unfair to say how come that episode isn't the best thing ever. But um, it's—it's it's a thing we do regularly. So uh, it's disappointing that Enemy Within isn't one of the best shows um, from the '60s. But it's totally good, and it's another connection to Matheson's sort of uh, concern about about hate and violence and, 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 and cruelty and evil being sort of a component of life. And like a lot of horror writers, they're sort of preoccupied with the idea that there is a, a dark element to even the most normal of situations. So Someone is Bleeding is Richard Matheson's uh, first novel. Mm. And... Uh, Spoilers, spoilers for someone is bleeding an icy breast, but I'm going to work under the assumption that no one is ever going to read this book or see this movie. Just just fair warning, though, that there are going to be spoilers because, yeah, that's just the way that this show works, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah, it's kind of hard to not do that. Yeah, spoilers for a 60-year-old book. Uh, anyway, um, uh, 
So, so this book is about uh, a guy, an aspiring writer, who meets a woman on a beach and falls in love. And then things... Well, he's already an established writer. Okay, I guess so. But he's, he, he's an established writer, but he's, he hasn't done that much. No, but he's he, the the important thing is that he's in a slump of some sort. Okay, he's in a slump. Yes, and he meets he meets a uh, a woman on a beach. Yes, and falls instantly in love with her, and then he starts to learn about her past and the fact that she may or may not have killed her husband, and she may or may not have been insane at the time that she killed her husband, and she may or may not hate all men because of uh you know a past which involved a lot of abuse and and whatnot and she may or may not be killing more people yeah so what did you think about someone is bleeding the amazing thing is that it doesn't feel like a a book written in the early 50s it feels um like a a rather modern story uh with the exception of the complete absence of cell phones you could easily put the story into the modern day which um speaks to to the quality of the writing and uh and and richard matheson's general style but the basic story uh at times feels frustrating because the protagonist uh, and this is a first person novel the protagonist seems um, um almost incompetent most of the time, sort of, um, sort of like like ridiculously unaware of what's going on when he's being lied to. Like I know, I mean, as a reader, I was like, "You are being lied to. This is obvious. That story is stupid and doesn't make sense." And he's like, "Yeah, that's a good point that you raise with that thing that's crazy. I believe that thing." And that happens a lot in this book, which is frustrating and. And when you when you anticipate the conclusion because it's the only conclusion that makes sense, that happens about halfway. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with that. I, I did you like the book or not? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I, I no matter what the the content is of, of a Matheson book, I am able to get get completely excited about the way he writes. And uh, it's it's totally you know my own tastes and whatnot, but uh, his prose style uh, I'm I'm always very fond of. Um, he's sort of a he's representative of a certain sort of terse um, prose novelist that that is hard to get right. And there are other styles that uh, I would be frustrated if William Gibson wrote in this style, but uh, when when Matheson does it, it's extremely effective. Okay. Well, um, I did not like the book. Um, I mean, I guess I can see what you're saying about the the writing style. I don't have any problem with that. It's interesting enough. But uh, it has other problems in terms of uh, content and logic and and whatnot, which uh, bother me quite a bit. For one thing, um, I don't understand any of the characters' actions or motivations. They Which all, character? Well, all of them. For one thing, I think that uh, the the woman is kind of a cartoon. Peggy. Peggy. Yeah. It, yeah. She she's so over the top with her. You know. Oh, you know, I hate all men because I've had some bad experiences. You know, I mean, like, okay, that's perfectly fine and valid and everything, but the way that it's presented is 
ridiculous and and sort of like one dimensional and there's the whole thing where she's like I've never met a man like you and then you know she like turns on a dime and does all this stuff and then at the, well we'll get into that later but um, <laughs> I I mean you know women who've had bad experiences who are trapped in sort of a a particular psychological paradigm that they're unable to see their way out of who react poorly to the, the various situations that bring about a memory that's not unusual that's totally real i i it is it, it is and that's fine but what i'm saying is the way that it was handled was very very poor well there's a typical sort of novelly um thing of of describing the woman as being incredibly attractive and so the reader's like you know i can see falling in love with a chick that's that hot and then the characters don't go Actually, she's way too crazy for this. Well, that's the other thing is she's not his that hot. Right. <laughs> well, but, but that's the other thing is his character is ridiculous too. His character is more ridiculous than she is because, at the very least, you can, especially since it's David. not being, was it David? Yeah. Okay. Since it's not being told from her perspective, you can say that there's some sort of internal monologue which is going on and you don't know what it is or whatever and you know her actions may or may not be uh you know related to other things which are you know not visible to us as the reader. But for him, like we're following him every step of the way and we're following his thought process and his thought process is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, he's dumb. He's like Oh, I'm in love with this woman. And, uh, oh, she killed her husband? Well, well, he's not sure about that. Well, okay, but, but he's not sure about it. But then when he, even when he thinks that she did, okay, even mm-hmm. when he's presented with evidence by, like, a cop and, like, a newspaper clipping, which says, like, she killed him. and But, you know, she was, uh, you know, acquitted on a, a plea of temporary insanity and stuff. You know, there's even times where he's like, you know, I really shouldn't. I really shouldn't be involved with this woman. But, you know, I can. The only time I ever think that is when I'm not with her. As soon as I'm with her, I'm just like, oh my god, she's the best woman ever. Yeah. But the thing is, I don't see what makes her the best woman ever because she doesn't seem very likable. She doesn't do anything. You don't see their relationship at all. I mean, it's almost like he's like, we met. And fell in love. I love that you are reacting with incredulity at a romance in a story, because that's me every single time there's one. But see, here's the (laughs) thing, right? Like, in most stories, I can buy the romances because, you know, whatever. It's like, these two people met and fell in love. And if they would have done that, that was fine. But when you have extenuating circumstances, such as, this woman is involved with three murders... It doesn't that doesn't affect the romantic relationship? Okay, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy for thinking that. I don't know. Maybe, but then also, it's love, man. It just happens. Okay. Sometimes you see a hot chick on the beach, and you're like, I would let her kill people. Yeah. Okay. I- including maybe me. If it came to that, hopefully it wouldn't. But I mean, you know, whatevs. Mm-hmm. Have you seen how hot she is? For for a moment, let's forget the murder and the killing. Let's put. Let's put a pin and, in that. And, and the craziness, too. Let's okay. table the murder and the crazy for now. And the temporary insanity, all that. Okay? That's included. Let's, let's all put that off to the side and just look at in their... In a folder labeled murders. <laughs> and and let's, let's look at their, their uh, non-murderous relationship for a minute. Yes. Okay? Before the murders started. 
happening. Right. She's like, hey, okay, my my ex-husband really messed me up, whatever. You know, you might be the thing that I need. And he's like, I can totally fix her and everything, and which is, you know, a very typical male thing to do, right? Yeah, it's a typical female thing to do. Okay. It's a typical person it's, thing to do. Okay. People are ridiculous. <laughs> so he's like he's like, okay, let's let's go on a date. And she's like, well where do you want to go? Blah blah blah. Let's go to this party that my uh my my lawyer is having. Yeah. And then he goes and he meets the lawyer. It's a normal thing to do. Who is his uh old buddy from college. Yes. Right? But she prefaces this by saying, or or maybe it was because he saw him when he was being all stalkery. Yeah, that uh, there was know, there's some weird narrative. Yeah, bumping around in there. She she basically her lawyer is trying to get with her, so her lawyer invited her to this party. Her married lawyer to uh, try to hook up with with Peggy, mm-hmm. right? And you know he, he sends a car for her, and this guy. This guy thinking that this is, you know, perfectly good and reasonable and everything. And also, you know, also I think in kind of a college frat boy way, thinking it would be funny because this would be the second time that he stole a woman away from this dude. He decides, yeah, let's go to the party in this guy's car and show up and then, you know, rub it in his face because that'll be fun. So he goes to this party and instantaneously the lawyer takes the girl away and he's like dude what's going on what's going on what's wrong with her oh, i don't need her you know blah 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 yeah uh, oh oh you know I, I, how dare she how dare she you know leave me for him it's pretty rude at his party when they were theoretically i guess together i mean it's so unclear and she's like oh no he's very nice to me and then you know they have a little chat davy and and his uh his old roommate jim and uh, Jim says to Dave, just so you know, man, I'm going to marry her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, does she know that? And and Jim says, well, no, but I just wanted to let you know because it's happening. And then Dave's like, well, what happened to your wife? And he's like, oh, well, sh- that's that's not an issue. She's Don't worry about that. We're going to be divorced. It's it's all It's all good. It's mm-hmm. all good, right? So there's all this going on, and the whole time, you know, and then he, he does the same thing. He's like, no, I'm going to marry her. And the whole time, there's like these two guys who are basically like, I'm going to marry this woman who I met two days ago because I'm totally in love with her. Well, the and I can forgive her. For yeah, okay, that's fine. And it's like, and I can forgive her, her uh, you know, homicidal tendencies and everything. And at no point does anyone bother to like, go to this woman and be like, hey, um, what do you think about marriage? You know? Which you'd think would be important, especially given the fact that they established time and again that she hates all men. She flat out hates all men. You know, she's like, they're pigs, they're animals. So all of this, all of this stuff that I'm telling you, to me, it doesn't make any sense. I think that... Really? None of this seems there there is there is a, a i think you need to have a certain amount of clarity you know some you know further motivation maybe expanded over a period of time like i could see 
like all of Dave's, uh, you know, reactions and impulses being applied to Jim, you know, I mean, that's fine. I can understand Jim's attraction to her or whatever, because he's grown to know her over time. We totally miss their relationship. There's a point towards the end of the book where, um, where, where Dave and Peggy are, uh, talking and, um, they're like, what do you want to do tonight? Oh, I don't know. And then, you know, it's, it's obvious that they're planning a date. And there's later on where they're talking about like, well, you know, we've been going out for a while and everything. And I totally thought at that point in the story that they had broken up or whatever. I mean, like throughout the entire thing, I'm like, this is someone who he went out on like a date with, but then realized that he, she's basically in a relationship with this other dude and, you know, is, is it decided to back off. But it's like no, no, they're they're still a couple, and it's like well, the other guy thinks that they're that that he's in a in a relationship with her too. No, there's no couple. She, she doesn't seem to. I guess there is no couple, right? But everyone's acting like they're all in in a couple. No, they're not acting like they're in a couple. They're like the guys are acting like they're trying to win her affections. But they seem to think that they're doing a much better job than they're actually doing. Well, they think that they're they're doing a better job because they're accustomed to dealing with normal crazy. <laughs> The kind of crazy that exists in a regular world where people don't have murders in their, their their history. Okay. That level of crazy, you can you can, you know, have a few dates with a girl and she will come to like you even if you're boring. In this context, they've they they're trying to win her affections and it's not working out, but they don't understand that that there's a different psychology at play. I guess so. I guess so. Now, here's another thing which I didn't like about about the the book is, uh, well, you kind of mentioned this earlier, is that the mystery, you know, what you could basically see where the where it was going from about you know halfway into the book. Yeah, about halfway in, you're like, oh, I get it. And the thing is, the way it. the way that the way that it was telegraphed in that sense, I was like, um, okay, this is going to be, you know, I'm waiting for the Matheson twist, you know. I I I feel that he's leading us in this direction, and it's very obvious that he is going to, you know, veer off into another direction at the very end and be like, "Oh my God, the butler did it!" Whatever, whatever <laughs> it was, I was like, "This isn't going to be as straightforward as this." There's no way he's tipping his his hand way too much for it to be as straightforward as this. And then you get to the end, and it really is just as straightforward as that. And you're like, yeah. "Well," and then everyone acts shocked, like, "Oh my god, I never knew how how what what would I what would have would have uh, you know clued me in that that she was actually the murderer." Spoilers. Well, maybe it was the fact that she killed the other dude and that she was a prime suspect. You know. Well, there is I mean, the red herring that I mentioned earlier. The red herring is. That the that the lawyer is clearly not only you know a lawyer of some note who has an interest in this girl. He's also got some you know illegal connections. There's there's some sort of you know criminal stuff going on, and so the, the that's the red herring. So that you think this is just a girl who's you know in in a weird relationship with a guy who has murderers on his staff. And she apparently has somehow got caught up in it, and and we need to deal with that. Now, as readers, there's a point where you go, I don't really see how that goes anywhere. Like, you, you can see the pieces, and you're like, I don't see how a criminal enterprise could somehow be a satisfactory resolution to this. And so the alternative, which is, 
Oh, she did it. She's crazy. It does make sense. It all seems plausible. Now it seems obvious. Oh, crap. It's her. That sort of series of, of like, realizations, I, I feel like, in a way, that's kind of, you know, normal. I mean, like, when you're reading a book, when you're watching no, a movie, you always even, predict the ending. But there's even a scene early on where, I mean, the thing which I thought was him going too far with tipping his hand or whatever was when he was, like, after the second guy got killed, I guess, right? Or the first guy in, in terms of the first t- guy in the story, you know. He's like, oh, man, it was terrifying, you know. The, the dude died, you know, after he tried to rape you and everything. And she's like, oh, yeah, it was terrible, but I wasn't there and blah, 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 mm-hmm. and everything. And then, you know, she's like, oh, but, you know, the body, it looked so peaceful. It was like, you know, the, the pig in him left and he yeah. was just sort of, you know, normal for a second. And then he's like, and I saw this, like glitter of evil in her eye and you know then it's like the end of a chapter or something not the words it is essentially (laughs) the words you know and it's like really are you you're he looked at her and her really hot body and thought wow those breasts look really cold it's 21 years later a french director by the name of george lautner decided to take someone as bleeding and adapt it into a movie called icy breasts so, uh, what did you think about icy breasts? Oh, that was that was terrible. Um, it took the, the the story, which I thought was um, a rather novel approach to a thriller, and made it really dumb in a lot of different ways. It kind of broke every good scene in the book and made it significantly more easily digested and the 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 problem in the book of being way ahead of the protagonist is not so much a problem in the movie because everyone is kind of treated the same nobody really is particularly smart or observant and i don't know about you but i was kind of rooting for the lawyer again but like much more in the movie i was like yeah He's terrible, but he seems to be the only one with a handle on things. I didn't like the movie either. Um, I I think it is probably worse than the book. Uh, You know, I think they tried hard to make the characters more likable. Oh, yeah, they did a poor job of that. Maybe it's a French thing, but uh, I mean, like, if I'm I'm being flirted with by a guy who's flirting with her, like, like the way he's flirting in the beginning of the movie, I would be so angry. I would be infuriated. I'd be like, you're terrible at flirting. Yeah, I mean, when he jumps into her car and is like, so where are we going? And she's just like, oh, get, yeah. get out of my car. I mean, at that point, you're like, what the hell are you doing? You need to leave. I am I need to call the cops. And, you know, she's just like, oh, he's so annoying. I, I suppose the idea was that he was being um, charming in an amusing way. He was um, self-deprecating and self-effacing and managed to uh, charm her in some way. Uh I, I thought he was irritating. I would yeah. be really irritated. If I was a girl and he was flirting with me, I'd be like, what is wrong with you? Go away. Yeah, he was trying to be funny and everything, and he was failing at that. Um, she No, it worked. Well, okay. He got her. He was failing at being funny, though. Well, yeah, yeah. maybe. But to me, uh, the book did a better job of uh, you know the characters, and then also um, with the movie, it's simplified to the point of almost non-existence you know it's like basically only 
presenting the bare bones plot. It's like a skeleton of the book. Yeah, and the red herring is gone, mm-hmm. which um, compounds the already uh, existing problem of being way ahead of the characters. Yeah, without the red herring, the situation is very obvious. She's the murderer. She's the one that killed that guy. Yeah. She killed that other guy. She's going to kill you, French dude. She's going to kill you. They they took a, they took out a lot of the stuff about her past and her, you know, um, you know, sexual abuse and stuff like that. And it, I think that went a ways to making her more villainous. You know, so so that that in a sense, you think she was a bad guy in the in the movie? Oh, I think she was presented as a bad guy. Yeah, I don't think she was a bad guy, but I think she was presented as a bad guy in both the book and the movie. But I I think she was presented as as sort of like a like a monster. She's not like you know a bad guy. She's not a she's not a villain in the sense of like having evil plots. She's got like a problem in the way that like a werewolf or a vampire might have a problem. Okay. Well, like they might be completely on the level and honest and not want to kill anybody, but they're going to kill you. I mean, like if you get too close, they will kill you. Yeah. Well, in the movie, you know, they, they strip away any sort of motivation and they just say like, she's someone who kills men, you know? And it's like, okay, I guess, um, fine. You know, but, uh, yeah, I, I didn't like the movie at all. Um, and the other thing that they seem to do is uh, sort of diminish the role of the protagonist, you know, Davy in, in the book. I forget what his name is in the movie. It's, it, it is odd that, that um, the movie doesn't stick to the first-person mm-hmm. narrative, which uh, I guess makes uh, some sense in this context because there's an enormous amount of information just about, like, the lawyer, his wife, his employee guy – there's a lot of like relationships there that if you're you know stuck watching the story from the from from the protagonist's perspective, you're going to have to spend a lot of time having people explain things. Yeah, and so a few scenes here and there to establish like, oh yeah, he's married, his wife's drunk, he's been in love with this girl for a while, he hasn't been able to hook up with her because of the whole stabby thing, but you know that's the situation at hand. But then they even um, you know cut out. What was my favorite part of the book, which was, uh, you know, kind of the relationship between Dave and Audrey, Jim's wife. Hmm. You know, I, I really liked the character of Audrey. I thought there was some interesting stuff going on there. And in the, the movie, they take away everything that was interesting about it. You know, they take away the fact that Dave and Jim knew each other in college and that he, him and Audrey knew each other. And then Audrey just becomes basically a a function of plot. And uh, the, the book didn't deal so well with Audrey to begin with. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I would probably agree with that. But at the same time, I thought it was more interesting than anything else in it. that's weird Uh, i mean like the the removal of the the relationship between him and and jim is that makes a kind of sense because in the book it seemed odd uh that that there was this odd connection that this guy had to the other guy and it seemed sort of unmotivated considering that like pretty close pretty pretty early on in the story they uh they have a conversation about things and uh, you 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 don't need to have a, a backstory in order for that relationship to make sense yeah um, uh, it seemed kind of odd. Knowing Audrey, that didn't really seem significant. I mean, you don't need to already know her. 
it sort of helps in the way that it it allows him access to the house and to talk to her and have a conversation. So, I mean, from that perspective, that previous connection makes a kind of sense. But there's another way around it, and I think it would make more sense if it wasn't there. I mean, that that's just an odd thing, having them have known each other in college. Uh, and and aside from those things being removed in the, in, in the story, I, I, most of the changes were bad. That, that change seems largely irrelevant. Okay. Well, any final thoughts on someone is bleeding and icy breasts? Um, there's a point in the book where, um, in the prose, there is the statement, someone was bleeding. Which kind of makes sense, because, you know, it's, um, you know, a past tense narrative, like mm-hmm. most books are written. But it's odd that it isn't someone is. Yeah. Should have been in dialogue, so you could say someone is bleeding. Yeah. Feels awkward. Oh, wow. Feels like a typo. Yeah. For me, um, I did not like either the book or the movie. I guess I thought that the book was uh, slightly better than the movie. The movie was uh, basically a terrible mess. I would not recommend either of them. Um, And, uh, yeah, I guess uh, I'm I'm looking forward much more to next week's book and movie, movies, which are I Am Legend, and the movies The Last Man on Earth, The Omega Man, yeah. and I Am Legend. Yeah. Uh, obviously, this is what... It took him three movies to work around the, the whole changing the title problem. Yeah. This is obviously probably Matheson's most uh, famous work, at least uh, in, in novel form. Definitely. And we're going to be covering that next week with our friend Ben. But until then, you could go to commentarytrackstars.com and check out our other uh, uh, show where we do a commentary for Nightmare at 20,000 feet uh, if you want to if you want to hear what we had to say about some of Matheson's Twilight Zone stuff uh, you can also uh, go to the Trek FM forums and uh, give us some feedback on this episode or others any others and you can find us on Twitter at ComTrackStars or email us at ComTrackStars at gmail.com. And we will be back next week to discuss I Am Legend. 